Hey guys, Jeff Vita here with the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. I am here with Ranjit S. Marwa, director, writer, filmmaker, uh, and we're here to talk about uh, something that he's exciting that he's got uh, in the works, but uh, you may know him from some other uh, projects like Exiled or Rupture. Uh, I know he did Rupture with a, a friend of the show, Mark Strange. Ranjit, thank you so much for uh, joining the uh, Kung Fu Driving Podcast this morning. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Sorry I'm a little bit late. Not a problem at all. Not a problem at all. Uh, Ranjit, uh, I know we got uh, we have the contract to talk about, but before we get into that, tell me a little bit about yourself, about uh, what got you into filmmaking to begin with. I mean, I've been, so I've been now, I think as of September, October, just gone, uh, is my 14th year making movies, man. Um, I started out making a whole bunch of short films, uh, a few music videos here and there, a couple of commercials, uh, two weddings. It's not really my thing, but uh, <laughs> actually, yeah, I fell into the feature film world, um, more specifically action and horror. Um, and now I'm here with, I think, overall movie number like 106 or something. But, uh, Proper, proper budgeted movies. This is uh, the contract will be my fifth, hopefully budgeted movie. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, what was it about action movies specifically that that drew you to them? Um, is that the genre that you want to stay in mostly, or do you want to to branch out and do other things as well? Uh, I'm doing everything else anyway. So, is you know, action for me is just another genre on the notch of my belt, so to speak. Um, but the thing is, a lot of my friends are all in the action cinema anyway. I mean, like, all the, all the stunt guys I know, the choreographers, the action directors, the stars, they're all they're all action guys anyway. So, I mean, the the lead actor of, of the contract is Nick Khan, uh, who's an action actor, uh, stunt director, choreographer, uh, mixed martial artist, and knife master. So I've known him for about 10 years. Uh, Nick and I have produced three movies together, and Nick has been in two of them. Um, but like I said, when I initially started out, it was always into horror. Uh, just, I think, I mean, trying out as, as a filmmaker, horror is generally the first genre that everyone gets into. Um, I cut my teeth on that one a lot. Uh, I learned a lot, learned my mistakes, learned what was good, what was bad. And then I kind of segued into action uh, because of Nick. Uh, like I said, Nick have known for almost a decade. I uh, love the dude to bits. Uh, and because of him, we were able to do Exile the Chosen Ones. Uh, because of him, we did Rupture. Um, and then the other two, there was one that he produced called Dig Me No Grave, but he... he action directed that one but it's not an, it's not an action movie it's a thriller uh, but he action directed the scenes in that one and then Spring Lakes is another one that he wasn't involved in but um, the first three he was definitely involved in in a producing capacity and also in a um, you know he had some input in the movies here and there but his biggest role uh, was in Exile Chosen Ones Igor Dragovich uh, a Russian tank uh, a killing machine in that one so um 
but yeah, that, that's kind of how I got into action and through and then through Nick, I got introduced to people like Mark Strange. Uh, but then actually before we did Exiled, uh, I started speaking with Sunny Pang. People might know him from Headshot or The Night Comes for us. Um, I started speaking to Timo Gianto, who's the director of those two movies. Um, Zach Lee, who's in The Raid 2. Uh, headshot and I come for us as well. Oka Antara from the Red 2. So, so I speak to all these guys, and then Sunny was like, Well, why don't you come and meet me in Indonesia? He goes, I'm going to be out there next month. He goes, to come and see me. So, on a whim, I was like, Oh, fuck it, I'm just going to fly out to Indonesia. It was a 17 hour flight, but I got there. Uh, and then Nick met there the next day. Um, and it was just amazing just being out there, just meeting all the guys, you know, like we spent at that time, we spent like six, seven years looking at these guys, just idolizing them from the raid and the night comes for us and stuff. And then there we, and then we're there with them the next minute in Indonesia, looking at five star restaurants and drinking and eating. And it's just like, this is fucking whole other the level of the film industry that I've never seen before. But it was, uh, but it was amazing. And then because of them, we were able to do Exile the Chosen Ones. And then they flew out to the UK and we shot some stuff in Indonesia. Uh, we did Exile Chosen Ones and that kind of got the ball rolling for me in my career, so to speak. So I'm thankful to all of them guys, man. You know, they they were there and they did the shit for me, man. Uh, and that got a rupture going and then the, it's just been football after that, man. It's just... So I'll always, I'll always take my hat off to Sunny Pang because that dude is, uh, is like my big brother. He's like my mentor. I took everything he said to me as Bible and you know what? It's all, it's all served me well thus far. That's uh, a lot of great names to, to be working with a lot of great collaborators. Uh, uh, obviously they've had uh, an influence on you um tell me a little bit though about uh who your influences are in terms of filmmaking uh who uh were the names the people the films that uh, that got you interested in actually making films in the first place you can't ask me that question man. It's too many. <laughs> um but i think as of late as of late so Gareth Evans has always been the guy that I look up to for action cinema. Uh, I've been very fortunate to know the same people as him. Uh, we've spoken a lot. Uh, I've met him in person. Great dude. Uh, I was uh, on the set. Well, I wasn't on the set, but I was there when they were doing uh, his new movie, Havoc, uh, with Tom Hardy, uh, because they shot it about two hours away from me. And Sonny Pang is actually also in that movie. So I went to see Sonny whilst they were doing that movie, but I was there for two of the days. Um, so Gareth Evans is one. Timo is definitely second one. Kimo, who's the other guy, Kimo Stambol, who the people might know them as the the Mo Brothers, Timo and Kimo. Um, them three, Fincher has always been an inspiration for me. Uh, David Fincher, he's especially he's, you know a lot a lot of people are giving it shit like I'm seeing online, but The Killer is a, is an amazing movie. Uh, I really enjoyed his new Netflix movie. Um, and then you've got I think in no disrespectful ways, and you've got your cliches as well, which is like your Tarantino's, your your Rodriguez's, your Spielberg's. Um, but I think if we're talking about kind of art house independent filmmakers, well, guys, not class as an independent filmmaker anymore but especially when he started out he was but Gareth, Timo, Kimo uh, and I think Fincher are kind of my four top at this specific moment in time ask me next next weekend it'll be, it'll be like four or five other people <laughs> alright good enough um, let me ask you are, uh, are you Indian uh, nationality? I am Indian I'm British Indian okay cool um, it, only because Indian uh, action cinema is kind of like balls to the wall bonkers right <laughs> have you been influenced by any of that at all 
Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, for me, so for any Indian watching an Indian movie, it's like, what the fuck is this shit? But for anybody that's not Indian watching it, it's like, wow, this is amazing. But for me, I, I just, can't, just can't do it, man. I mean, but the new one, RRR, that was pretty good, even though it was like super over the top. But that was pretty good. But, but to be honest, I don't really watch Indian movies because they copy all of the Hollywood movies. Um, uh, there was one that I saw they, they literally copied scene for scene shot for shot of old boy and I was like and it was like why? it was like you could have just redone old boy and just told it your way but you didn't you literally just copied the movie <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I was like yeah Indian say I mean like don't get me wrong I've made three Indian movies that went direct to TV to cable TV uh, it was a great experience would I do it again? no but um you know, that they were my first gigs. You know, making movies for TV. So the TV station paid me handsomely. I was like, at the time, I was a struggling filmmaker. So I was like, fuck it, man, I'll do it. Like, well, of course. If you give me freedom, I'll do it, man. But if you're gonna like stand over me and give me like ten pages of notes, then I don't want to do it. And All right. Was, yeah, I haven't been in that position. Well, that's a, that's a great segue into this next question then, because uh, one of the things about the contract uh, that uh, you talk about with your, your Indiegogo uh, uh, campaign is that um, you don't want to be hamstrung by, uh, by Hollywood restrictions or, or, or uh, restrictions in the uh, filmmaking world that uh, you think uh, are unnecessary for, for action films. So talk to me about that. What is the philosophy behind getting the contract made this way? So with the four films that I've done so far, which is Exile, The Chosen Ones, Rupture, Dig No Grave, and Spring Lakes, I've had multiple producers on them. <coughs> and a lot of the producers are very forgiving. And they're very like, they understand that, look, we, we've invested into Ranji because he has a set way of doing things. And his set way of doing things so far <laughs> has proved successful. Um, so we're just going to leave him to it, which is kind of the, the definition of an independent filmmaker is someone that doesn't work within the studio guideline. Now that's not all of the producers that I've worked with on the four movies. And there've been one or two who have had notes to give me. And though, though having the notes are great, ultimately the decision doesn't lie in the producers. The decision should lay in the director's vision. And if the director wishes to take those notes on board, then great. And sometimes, you know, they're absolutely needed. Uh, because if you make a fucking shit movie, then yeah, the notes are going to help you. But if you have full confidence in what you're doing and you know what your abilities are and how you can tell a story, you make great action cinema, horror cinema, whatever it may be, then sometimes the notes are a little bit irrelevant because the notes that I've had so far have been just very generic so i'm just like why are you sending me notes if it's like you've invested into me personally because you know hopefully i'm good at what i do and and if i wasn't good then yeah of course i'll gladly accept 100 pages of notes but i don't need them because my four movies so far have been successful and it's shown that because I'm good at what I do. I'm not saying I'm the best director in the world and I fucking know everything. Of course, I'm still learning. Still, I'll always be learning as a filmmaker. But, you know, as an independent filmmaker, there's a reason I chose not to do certain projects, which I won't speak about, because I didn't want to work in the studio system. And I find it very freeing to be able to work 
how I'm working now because I'm not given any limitations. And by you putting limitations on me, it's it's going to stop me from giving you the best possible results. And and if you if you want good results, don't give me notes. If you want terrible results, then yeah, I'll I'll list I'll adhere to all the notes that you give me. And then the rest is on you, whether the movie bombs or whether it makes good return on investment. And so far, not listening to you has resulted in good returns on investment. So for me, so for me, I'd rather trust in my ability as a storyteller, as a filmmaker, and listen to my gut instinct that tells me this is the right thing to do. And the right thing to do is not listen to 10 pages of notes and take them all on board. Yes, you know, if, if you give me 10 points, of those 10 points, I'll read them all. And I'll probably listen to two or three of them and I will make them changes that I think, yeah, you have a valid point here. But if the other notes are just very generic and not really serving the purpose of the reason why we started this movie, then I'm sorry. I'm I'm just gonna not listen to you. Uh, are you worried about that sounding arrogant at all, or you know? Well, it's it's like well, uh, hopefully I clarified in the beginning of what I said. I, I like I don't want to sound arrogant, but I I have to have full confidence in myself as as a filmmaker, uh, because at the end of the day. The investors that I've worked with so far have invested into me, not the project, into me, because they trust my ability. So I have to be good at what I do for somebody to trust me and hand me large sums of money. And if I don't have a slight le level of arrogance about me, then I'm not going to survive in this industry. If I come across too fucking sugar-coated and too very fairy-like, then people are going to be like, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. But if I if I have this this... I'm not like this in, in, in everyday life the only when I'm working on movies but if I come into a set with a slight level of listen guys I need this 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 and this and I need it, I need it now and then people will have more respect for me and get it done rather than me coming in and looking like I'm some fucking bystander that just walked in on set that doesn't know that I'm not supposed to be here so yeah. I have to have the look I don't like using the word hierarchy but you kind of if I'm the director then I you know I have that hierarchy status but that's not me saying that in an arrogant way or an egotistical way I like I busted my ass for 14 years to get to that position sure and, and you know I learned everything I learned everybody's jobs when I was working on zero budgets I learned everybody's jobs I know what everyone's expected to do I know what's required and if I don't have that and if I don't know what people's jobs are then I can't tell people what to do I can't say to a makeup artist that I need this, that, and the other if I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But because I know what I'm talking about, I can have that confidence to say it. Maybe arrogance is being confused with confidence. Um, but like I said, and in my everyday life with the people around, with my loved ones, with my friends, I'm probably the most soft-spoken person and I, I don't generally swear a lot when I'm with them. But when, but when it comes to making movies and my confidence level with movies, because when I'm making movies, I'm a whole different level of person. It's, it's, it's a different Ranji. But when it's outside of work, then I'm very much just like, I could blend with the trees. No one knows I'm there. But <laughs> like, point. you know, it, you have to be confident and you have to be good and you have to show people that you're the fucking captain of the ship and you can stare at the fucking project in the right direction. Because if you don't, then the AD is going to take over your project. The DOP is going to take over your project and you're going to be left standing there with your dick in your hand, not knowing what to do. 
Absolutely fair point. Your vision is uh, is the vision that uh, the fans are coming to see. So uh, absolutely, uh, I, I totally get you. Um, talk to me then about y- your vision for the contract. What is it about this film? Uh, what you're trying to do with uh, with this film that is going to separate it from what is out there right now? Well, it's a good question, man. You know, like I had I had an, another interview about an hour and a half ago with, with uh, another podcaster. Um, and they kind of asked me the same thing. And I was like, well, the difference between this one and any other assassin contract killer type movie is the fact that one, it's based in the UK and the UK has never really seen any contract killer type movies. Not that I'm aware of anyway. And two, because the level of action that we have, only Nick Khan has this level of action from all of the hundreds and hundreds of action movies that I've seen. And he's very intense when he's when he's in his zone. So for me, it was a simple case of let me write something that revolves around Nick and his strong points, and that is going to be centralized around his character and what his character goes through. But in the midst of doing that, I'm gonna bring in other people around him to kind of oomph up the project a little bit more, so to speak. And those are people like Ron Smorenberg, Sylvia Simak, Sean Cronin, and there's someone else that I can't mention just yet. Uh, but, you know, by, by surrounding with these with these other people, it will not only elevate his performance, but it elevate the whole movie in itself. Uh, because from the characters that I've put in so the characters that Nick has played in my other two movies, Exiled and Rupture, people have loved his character, especially in Exiled. And I kind of wanted to capitalize on on whatever fan base he has at the moment um you know because he's a very strong character in his personal life but that personal life translates also to the screen and especially with exiled you know and when i asked him about i go like i wrote the character of ego a certain way but you portrayed it a certain way how did you get to that point he said i was just being myself so you Okay, so you being yourself, I'll I'll write this character for you, and then I'll let you just go be yourself. So, so the story kind of revolves around a contract killer who has an assignment to take out a target. But what ends up happening is when he gets to that place, he realizes that the target is actually him. So, and then he has like a whole bunch of hitmen that come after him, other contract killers that come after him. So he becomes the target. So the number one assassin becomes the number one target, essentially. Um, and I'd written the movie as a sort of smoking aces kind of homage thing where it's like you have 20 different characters that come into the movie and they're all just trying to kill one person. And I know uh, the director of of smoking aces really well and he was saying to me i'm glad you're taking inspiration and i'm glad you you're using it but also just try and be original so i took that and i was like fuck yeah i don't want to like i'm not trying to copy smoking aces here i just kind of like something similar to smoking aces but then his words kind of stuck to stuck in my head so then i went back rewrote it fleshed it out a little bit more i took out a bunch of characters and then i redefined it as this standalone piece that has a bunch of inspirations behind it as all, as all films do but for me the, the contract is not like any other movie that I've written before it's not like Exiled it's not like Rupture it's something else Exiled is a dystopian piece uh, almost like 
Battle Royale. Uh, Rupture is, is, was inspired by the video game Cyberpunk 2077. But then, like, going into this one now, I, I, I didn't want to be like, yeah, it's a direct copy of this movie. <laughs> so... I just kind of wanted to make an amalgamation of all the movies that kind of inspired me and Smoke and Aces was one of them. And I was like, I want to just put my own fucking spin on it and just kind of make it not with 20 characters. I'd rather make it with like five or six characters, make it a bit more story driven because I don't want to make the mistake of, you know, overkilling it with too many characters and trying to tell too many backstories because then you just lose the plot and, and the fucking audience just is like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. So, so I kind of, took out a bunch of characters focused on five or six characters and just kind of made it a bit more realistic, so to speak. Not saying smoking aces can't be realistic. I'm sure that probably does happen somewhere in the world, but you know, I just didn't see that happening here with the people that we have and the resources that we have here because the only downside to the UK right now, and I can say this openly and you know, other people have said it is the action cinema in the UK is still very behind. The only people doing it right now properly is Jude Poyer with Real Power Stunts. And he works, from what I've seen, exclusively with Gareth Evans. And that team, from my hat is all over the place. And from that team, you know, is an unbreakable team. You know, they work on everything together. And for you to try and get someone like Jude Poyer and his Real Power Stunt team onto an independent movie i'm not saying he wouldn't do it but he wouldn't be cheap either um so you know it's it's not something that we're in a position to pay for someone like that right now so we work with what we have you know that's what that's the spirit of independent films you work with what you have and you make it work and fortunately because nick khan comes from a background of working with all of these guys we have an element of making you know high octane you know your mayhem violence on screen which a lot of people want to want to see and hopefully we portray that in the contract and with the people that we have on board with Ron and Silvio um, so hopefully it's something that people enjoy Oh, definitely. Uh, the entertainment headquarters just posted a comment. Uh, I'm looking forward to the contract and I'm glad to support. So you clearly have supporters there already. Um, let me ask you about uh, the cast. Uh, Nick Blade Khan. Uh, yep. Ron Smorenberg, Silvio Simak, um, uh, action guys, martial artists uh, in their own rights. Uh, Silvio Simak w- uh, was just at a show that I that I was uh, hosting uh, at for some panels for uh, over the weekend, the Urban Action Showcase. So I got to talk to him about a little bit about uh, some of the stuff that he's working on, uh, and uh, he's a big supporter of the contract, uh, and he's uh, posting a lot of uh, stuff on social media about that. So um, talk to me about the cast. Uh, Besides Nick, uh, obviously Nick uh, has um, a whole Blade background b- behind him that uh, is uh, obviously got to translate well on screen. Uh, what about the other guys? What about them? Uh, was uh, uh, attracted them to the project and, and uh, drew you to pull them in and uh, get them involved? Well, Ron and Nick actually have a long history together. You know, they worked in Thailand and they trained together back in whenever it was, I think 2010, 12 or something. So, so they've known each other for quite some time. <coughs> so for me, it was, it was simple that I bring in Ron. He's got a history with Nick. They work very well together on screen and their styles go very well hand in hand together. You know, Nick's style is kind of a mix of a lot of, 
of different styles. The blade is, you know, is his forte. Um, but he's got a lot of like wrestling style, jiu-jitsu, eskrima. He's got a lot of great styles that he incorporates into his into his overall arc of, of action on screen. And with with Ron, you know, he's got his own set style that he has called recharge. And and when I was speaking with them both, they were like our synchronization there's nothing like it it's not been seen before on screen with Nick style and with the recharge style it's, it's two styles that not, have not been seen together uh, so it'd be a very fresh take for the audiences just like the way Silla was when the raid came out I'm not comparing us, us to the raid but it was a fresh style of, of action um, and that's what I'm hoping to achieve with the contract with Nick and Ron especially uh, with Silvio I've known Silvio for many years the first time I saw his beautiful face was in Unleashed uh, with Jet Li um, and I've known him since then and then we kind of got to know each other on social media and we started speaking was on the phone messaging each other talking about this that and the other and I was like dude man look I'm doing a movie called The Contract I want you in it he was like okay cool I'm in it <laughs> so <laughs> So I've I've written I've written all of these people very specific characters with specific traits and specific action styles, uh, which I know are going to translate very well to the screen. You know, with Silvio, and so giving him the role of a sniper, even though I know he's a great martial artist, I kind of want to take him out of something that he's that he's not really done before um you know because i know he's good at action i'm not taking the action away from him and he will have a lot of action in this but i wanted to give him something more character driven and not just give him the same bullshit that he's always had done before he comes in as a bruising figure and then he fucking dies i, I was like look man i'm gonna have you in the movie i want you to be in the movie yeah so i don't want to just need <laughs> to come in fucking half an hour or half the day and fucking go home so like i want you in the movie so I think he appreciated that, you know, that I'm not giving him the cliche role. Um, the same with Ron and a few of the few of the other guys. So I think the amalgamation of people I have and the talent that I have around the project at the moment, I think, you know, they're going to be very unique characters. I, I, I feel like as I've gotten older as well, my writing style has changed and the way I write stuff. It's, and I think the contract is definitely one of those pieces that I feel very happy with uh, where it's at right now. Um, so I think hopefully that translates to the screen and hopefully people enjoy it, man. Because it's not just 90 minutes of, of, of mayhem, like exiled. It's, uh, you know, there's more meaning behind it. There's There's more, there's more, character arc there's, there's more backstories there's reasons for characters to be doing the things that they are um but just going back to exile just sorry like i saw you laughing there going back to exile dude that movie was just like i just want to stick all these action guys in the movie and just have them fucking kill each other <laughs> that's literally what it was and you know what people fucking enjoyed it people hated it but yeah, look it's, it's what the fans wanted and i'm glad i was able to deliver it man all right. Talking about uh, the action, uh, obviously, uh, this show uh, likes to focus on uh, the guys that put the action together, action directors, choreographers, stunt coordinators, yep. that kind of thing. Um, the action that you're putting together for the contract, how involved are you in, in making sure it's the right stuff that gets on screen? Who do you have uh, to, to choreograph? What kind of stuff is going to go into it to, to highlight the, uh, the action and, and, and make it uh, such a, a key piece of, of the film? 
Well, I'm really happy that you actually asked that because I think the stunt guys and coordinators and, and you know the fight guys they don't fucking get no credit, man. And I, I know I know something that the academy is pushing for for sure, you know, to be one of the categories. So I'm very grateful that that at least it's in conversation. Um, but the guys that work their asses off, that that bust their asses off for our entertainment, uh, you know, as fans and as audience members, you know, I think. You know, they deserve a lot more recognition. So, uh, you know, with our movie, especially now we, with uh, the contract, because Nick is already involved with those guys. So he 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 coordinates a lot of stuff. He does he designs a lot of the previews for a lot of the movies that he works on. 